What up, world? It's your boy, Ryan L.A. Hey, yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Jay. And this is the Convo Kings Podcast. Welcome back to the show, everybody. <sighs> Jay, how you been, man? Been good, man. Just grinding. Same old, same old. Hey, yo, we got a guest in the house that we're going to bring in, uh, uh, touch on a couple topics that we've been talking about lately. This guy, um, man, we go way back. We went to high school together. Good guy, man. Good guy. The vocal specialist, uh, he is a singer. The boy got pipes. A funny guy. Good friend. Mr. Marcus B. Welcome to the show, man. I appreciate all, all those accolades. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Good to have you on. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, man, y'all ready to uh, tackle this docket? Yeah, yeah. But first, shout out to my brother KG. Absolutely. Mission, Each and every time. Man. I ain't forget either. I was going to uh, put it in at the end. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I know cool. you ain't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always love. You know, I got, I got to do my little, well, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all good, brother. It's all good. So, man, unless you've been living under a rock, the things that uh, Baby was uh, saying on stage, it's pretty offensive to the uh, LGBTQ plus community. Marcus, you up on uh, what was said, right? Yeah, definitely. You, you can't miss that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, man, just uh, just just let us know, man. Like, uh, how do you feel about it? Like, how how did it did it did it offend you at all? Like, just how do you feel about it? Um, I tend not to offend easily. So, was I personally offended? No, I think mm-hmm. I was more so uh, kind of. It was really disgusting the misinformation that he was putting out. As yes. somebody who appreciates facts and data and history, things like that, uh, just what he said was very ahistorical, very not based in reality, and it was, and that to me was kind of what was offensive, what, what could be seen as offensive, I guess, to others. So I guess when you start with his comments, you know, just based on what he said, it sounded mm-hmm. like it was designed to be offensive, right? Right. But you know, who would offend? You know, that's up to the person. But what he said, you know, if you're not doing this in the parking lot, you know, or if you don't got these kind of diseases that kill you in two yeah. weeks, like that kind of stuff is just by nature offensive. Now, who he was directing to that, you know, that could it could be debated. So yeah. if if I have one of these STDs, I, I don't thank God. But if I did, I would I would definitely feel a type of way about what he said. You, you know what I'm saying? Because okay. the fact of the matter is there's already a stigma on a lot of these sexually mm-hmm. transmitted diseases. Um, and they try to fight that, that stigma. Um, you know, people with HIV are trying to say, hey, we're not about to die. Um, a lot right. of them are healthier than I am. You know what I'm saying? And I don't have mm-hmm. an STD. So what they're trying to do is fight against this stigma. And then he gets up there on this huge platform and kind of, you know, tears it all down in, in 15 seconds. Um, and, and that's what they're really working against. And that's what's offensive is, you know, we've been we've been battling this since the 60s and 70s. And here in 2021, you can still get up on stage and spout misinformation about HIV and AIDS um, mm-hmm. and think it's cool. Okay. And I, I, I definitely... Uh, yeah, no, no, that, that definitely makes all the sense. It's kind of uh, going along with what I was saying last week on a, a previous pod, like, you can't just go out there, and I get it. It was just calling yeah. a response, but you don't want to be out there. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, if you want, if you have a platform, you don't want to be misrepresenting. Well, he's not representing, but you can't be talking about a uh, a community and spreading facts that's not it's not facts. You know what I'm saying? Like it, that's that's just a no no. So that's why you know 
me and Jay, we don't come from that world. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. We don't know a, a whole lot about it. So mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here, you know, to talk and just uh, give your opinion on the matter. You and know, I appreciate it. Definitely. Yeah, I just, uh, it's just, I don't, I don't understand his, his motive, his motivation. Yeah. I don't understand his intention. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I can definitely understand the fallout. Um, and then I guess when it comes to gays being offended, it's like, you know, in the, the very next breath, I think the statement, there was a statement in between there about women. And then the very next breath was like, if, if you're not, you know, giving head, yeah. if you're not a dude giving head in the parking lot. And so it's easy to make that connection that, you know, he went from talking about yeah. HIV and AIDS to talking about, uh, you know, homosexual acts. It's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's not really a reach for people to connect those two. It, it, to me, it's mm-hmm. a reach to say he wasn't talking about gay people. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see that part of it. Okay. Me and Jay, you know, as a uh, man of the straight community, we want to know how can we be better allies to the LGBT community? That's, yeah, that's really kind of a loaded question. Uh, you and Jay, I think, are already mm-hmm. allies in the sense that you've opened up your platform to actually mm-hmm. discuss these issues. And um, it sounds to me like you've taken the appropriate side in this. And so, that kind of allyship is important, but what's also important, I think, for the larger straight male community is mm-hmm. to see gay people, and as a gay man, I say gay, see gay men as just people. Uh, like, when we when we see straight people, we don't see their sexuality. Um, okay. But I feel like a lot of times, straight men see gay men, and because they might be flamboyant or because, you know, they you know what they do behind closed doors, you feel mm-hmm. like you can't associate with them because that makes you what they are um and that's right. that is kind of the stigma that's penetrated the black community is like you know gay people do what they do straight men do what they do um and you know gay men are allowed to hang with black women but they can't really hang with black men and, and you know that's the unspoken code um yeah. so i think just first of all seeing them as regular people who have a depth of experiences and a range of you know kind of parts of their identity mm-hmm. um that's the first step you know you to not see us as a gay man, you know, or a gay mm-hmm. woman to, to see a person. Um, and right. then to say to yourself, you know, take it from, it has to be internal to say that, you know, when I do see their sexuality, it doesn't offend me. I believe that they have a right to be that. Um, they shouldn't mm-hmm. be, you know, they shouldn't have different rules placed on them for adopting children or for wanting to, you know, look how they feel on the inside. I'm talking about, you know, being mm-hmm. trans at this point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whole uh, umbrella of allyship is really dependent on believing that they have a right to be who they are and, and that mm-hmm. be okay. Uh, because if you don't, then you can't be an ally. You know, if you don't believe right. that, you know, gay people are born that way and they're mm-hmm. not making a choice to do, you know, then how, how do you really support them in, in their mm-hmm. life and in their identity? You can't. Um, so, to me, that's the biggest part of being an ally is, is just seeing them as a normal person and then saying, you know, when I do think of your sexuality, that's okay, too. Uh, and, and then, you know, everybody's not an activist, but, you know, if it mm-hmm. comes to, you know, the marches and the political ideas about, say, marriage or adoption or sex changes, you know, access to, to medical care when you have mm-hmm. or if you have, you know, some of these STDs that are associated with our community, you know, if, if that is in you to be an activist, to be an advocate, then that kind of allyship is important, too, to get out there and beat the streets. Cool. Or, you know, 
you know, organize your neighbors and things like that. Like that's a form of allyship too. If, if that's who you are, if you, you know, that's the kind of thing that you get into, you know, writing letters and, you know, really supporting people on a, like a policy level. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's the human level and then there's the, you know, really activist advocate level and, you know, which one is for you is up to you, but they're both right. important to the community. And, and I think there's a place for black men on either side or for both. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, that, that has to be, initiated from you know on the side of cisgender straight man i guess right that's definitely uh uh what i would like to the the mission statement for this particular episode to be you know just uh everybody be there for everybody you know respects people's bubbles people's people's zones people's personal space respect people's ideals you know uh, uh make it comfortable for everybody you know if you allowed to be a, a, a straight man and not be, be ridiculed for that allow gay people to be gay or trans or whatever you know just i just want everybody to feel comfortable in their own skin and feel comfortable enough to be who they are and everybody be good you know like that's the reason for this episode i, I just wanted to open that up jay you got anything i mean i agree with everything you all said but i just my only thing is I feel like a lot of people feel like straight people can't have an opinion on certain things mm-hmm. as far as with the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like kind of that's what's messed up about it as far as if you give your opinion, mm-hmm. then they take it and think that you're homophobic for giving your opinion. That's what I want to know what the thoughts are on that. Uh, it depends on what the opinion is. Like if, if you know, white people had opinions about black people, and still do, um, and those opinions affected the way, you know, they affected our agency, right? Like, we couldn't vote because their opinion of who we are. We couldn't go to school. We couldn't drink from water fountains because of their opinions about who we were. Mm-hmm. So sometimes opinions are very violent, and, and they harm people. So it depends on what the opinion is. If the opinion is, you know, I think, uh, you know, I guess it's hard to come up with something out of thin air, but, you know, it, to me, it depends on what the opinion is. And okay. sometimes people have really offensive opinions and think that they are allowed to voice them. And like, yeah, you are. You won't get thrown in jail. Um, but people can be offended and people can kind of ostracize you if, if they feel like you mm-hmm. don't really vibe with them. And I feel like sometimes people have opinions that are taken offensively and they think that it's supposed to be OK because we have freedom of speech. But it's like, uh, no, that was an offensive opinion. And so, you know, it doesn't really I can't really associate with that. And when people get pushed back on their opinions, of course they take it very personally, but I think that's a moment to also kind of listen to what's being said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if people mm-hmm. disagree with your opinions, you should be extremely interested in why. Um, and if you hear facts to the contrary that make you change your opinion, then you should. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think that is that is kind of what the, the LGBT community faces when, you know, it's just like, you know, we have our opinions. You know, opinion is Lil Nas X shouldn't be on TV. Uh, well, well, how long have we been watching straight people kiss and grind and dance on each other? Children, in fact, have been watching it for mm-hmm. decades. Uh, and, mm-hmm. You know, and when a gay man finally has the agency to do it, the opinion is, oh, I don't think that's right for kids. Um, and, you know, to me, that's the one hypocrisy. But two, it's a harmful opinion because gay people should have the freedom and agency to do everything that we've been watching for mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 years on TV. 
And that was just an example. I'm not saying, Jay, that you, you think Lil Nas X no, no, I knew what you said. on the Grammys. You know? <laughs> 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 no, I knew what you said, but at the same time, people have been ostracized over the years for that, though, mm-hmm. for things that we have seen. So people got gripe for stuff that we have seen growing up, too. Very true. That, yeah, no, that's why I, enough, I, that I don't like true. to limit it. I'm sorry, Marcus, was you saying something? I was just saying, I was just agreeing that that, that is very true. Yeah, yeah, it it is, but it I get it, totally what you're saying, and I agree with that. And now that you say it like that, then now I kind of can look at it a little differently. But at the same time, I just with Lil Nas X, that whole I don't, I'm not really on the whole little his little preference of his sexuality. My only gripe with him was that whole little devil thing. Like the little shoes coming out and all that. Like, I just felt like you was really trying to troll some stuff that really shouldn't even really been going there. We shouldn't even be going there on that end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is. Um, I mean, when you hear Lil Nas X talk about it, I think he sees it from the perspective. Now, is he a religious person? I don't know. <laughs> you know, but I think he uses the imagery artistically, right? So it's. We were just talking about opinions. A lot of people's opinion is that, you know, gay people are damned to hell. Um, Now, if you're a religious person, salvation is for everybody. So, you know, you can be gay and still go to heaven because that's what Jesus came and died for. If you're, you know, if if you're a Christian, that's what you believe for. I mean, believe in. But if the opinion is still for some that, you know, you're you're hell bound. And I think he's taking that imagery and turning it. Um, to make it to make the people who kind of project that onto him feel uncomfortable, um, because mm-hmm. you know if you're damning him with hell, how do you think that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to turn around and to see him own that imagery makes people who think that way feel uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. and, and but he knows he's saved, you know. So I don't I don't think he's demonic or pushing kind of any kind of satanist ideology. I just think he's mm-hmm. using the imagery, the symbols of Christianity in a very clever and artistic way that makes people who judge him feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I definitely, I can say this now, I definitely like, like, uh, I I like when people rock the boat. I like when people, you know, for a good cause, don't just be, if you're going to troll, don't just be trolling for absolutely no reason. Like if you're going to go that route and do a little troll, have a message behind it. And, I can see, like after you explain, I can see the message behind it. Like he's 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 using that as a as a weapon because, like you, like Marcus just said, like people, a lot of uh, Christians or people in the church community, they think, okay, if you gay, you damn the hell. Not necessarily true, you know. Like that's not for anybody to be judge of, you know. Like I said, I I want everybody to feel comfortable, and it starts with moments like this. Like everybody come to the table. And have a conversation understand the other side or you know like even if you're not all the way against them like you can listen to them don't shut them out just because they have a a, a different type of opinion or they, they they don't agree with you y'all can both leave and, and agree to disagree like you don't even have to agree at the end of the day but as long as it's respect and everybody feels comfortable enough to be themselves that's what i would like you know and that it, it starts here but that go that uh have a ripple effect into other subject matters and topics and things that people talk about to where it's going to become ingrained in you and then be passed on to your children, you know? Because like I said, my mm-hmm. kids, 
they they like Lil Nas X. You know, it started with the Old Town Road. You know, especially my daughter. But it started with Old Town Road, and they watch his videos, and I sit there and watch it with them. And okay, what you think about this? What is this? What is that? You know, I don't think that when they watch it, they like, oh man, you know what? He like he having fun. Um, I want to be gay. Like, no, it's not that. They just enjoy the little song. You know, I'm like they just listening to it. But that's just that's yeah. Just I mean, and you make a very good point too about the kind of influence people think gay people have. And, you know, I think most gay people would say, I was born this way. So the idea that we are influencing people, people's sexuality with our actions and behavior, is just, we almost can't wrap our mind around it because that's not how it works for us. And that's, right. I mean, I, straight, most straight people would tell you, uh, you know, I was born straight. You know, it's not something mm. that you had to experiment with to find out. Um, mm. You knew who you were attracted to. And so that's another part of the Lil Nas X equation the, or, you know, that whole LGBTQ plus community is a lot of times us just being ourselves, people take that as influence or, you know, mentorship or, you know, something yeah. like that for younger minds to latch onto. And if anything, younger minds are latching onto the freedom of expression and not necessarily anyone's sexuality in these scenarios, mm-hmm. um, because that's what, that's what children can digest is that person looks happy and free and is having fun. Nah, they're not taking it to, you know, the bedroom and to, you know, intimate affections and things like that. Um, so mm-hmm. the, the kids don't, they almost don't even have that vocabulary until we hand mm-hmm. it to them, you know, until we spoon feed them and say, this is what sexuality is. Um, and so I think about, you know, in the eighties when Madonna was popular and she was somebody who clearly female presenting dated men, but right. wore crosses all the time and used a lot of Catholic imagery in her music that was pretty subversive for the time. Um, and she got a lot of flack for it. But mm-hmm. this is a woman who is now deeply spiritual. You kind of want to be hesitant to assign too much to what pop stars are doing um, right. and making it too much about who they are as opposed to, as you said, want, you know, having a message and being a little, rocking the boat and being a little subversive yeah. within society you know what i'm saying it's not necessarily them it's the platform they've been given and they're trying to up up end kind of institutional oppressions that have been on yes. you know this goes for anybody you know women mm-hmm. do it all the time but you mm-hmm. know little not is a gay man so he, he does it for gay the gay community absolutely and i i, I really like the part where you where you said uh you was born this way, like gay is not. Hey, I think Lady Gaga had a song called "I Was Born This Way." But um, mm-hmm. I like that part when you said that because I used to be one of the people, and not even saying it maliciously, but I was I was thinking like, oh, gay is a choice. Like you, you want to be gay, go be gay. I wasn't saying it maliciously, but I was pulled to the side by my cousin, and he was like, like it's not a choice, you know. Like I was definitely born like this, and then thinking back to when we were kids, I was, you know, teasing him, and I feel terrible about it, but I was teasing him and shit, you know, just for him being different. He, he was always like that, though, you know? It's like, he was just trying to be himself, you know? It wasn't super popular back then, but he was just trying to be who he is, and he had to pull me to the side and educate me, you know, when I uh, when I ran into him, you know, years years later, after we got a little older. So I definitely understand it. That's why I always want to uh, roll out the platform and just sit down and have conversations, and the reason why I say I like people to rock the boat is because they they're the ones who do that. They, they they start to chip at the barrier where, okay, just because you're a football player, that don't mean you can't be gay. Just because you're a boy, that don't mean you can't play with uh, uh, Barbies with your sisters or cousins or, or whatever. Hell, if you want to just play one by yourself, what the fuck ever? Like, that don't mean nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, be who you want to be. Do what you want to do. As long as you're not hurting nobody or fucking with nobody, what's the problem? 
exactly. I, just exactly. Think- I definitely, I, I, I get that, but I just still don't agree with the way he went about that. No, mm-hmm. that don't sit right with me. Just with the simple fact, like I get what y'all saying mm-hmm. on how what they say about home, what about the LGBTQ being deemed right. to hell and all that. I get that, but I feel mm-hmm. like okay. Why'd you have to go the devil route? Why couldn't you go the angel route? Then and act like you're going to heaven for it. That's what Jay I'm saying. Cool. Like if it was some, if it was somebody else mm-hmm. that I feel like if it was somebody else that did that that had a bigger influence and went mm-hmm. about that that way, they would have got canceled for it. it. It is okay to have that opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, when we had these conversations, we're not going to agree on every single point, every single you know niche in in the subject, but. It's going to open your mind up and, you know, maybe later on down the line, you'll see it different. Or maybe you just say the same way. And that's cool, too. As long as everybody respect everybody, which I can say I've, I've definitely seen, you know, like you, you got nothing but respect for everybody. So as long yeah. as we all respect each other, everybody, everybody do their thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree. But, Jay, I guess my only counterpoint to that would be, you know, is being an angel provocative. You know what I'm saying? Is that is that rocking the boat? Mm-hmm. No, you know I don't think it is. I think he, I think he went the other. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be demonic. I, I'm gonna use some satanic imagery. That gets people talking. You know, being an angel is. You know, he probably would have had more fans. You know, country music fans mm-hmm. were like, oh, look at Lil Nas X, the angel. You know, that's not what mm-hmm. he was going for. I think he was very intentional about the imagery he used. Now, you don't have to agree with it, of course not. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think there there was a purpose for for what symbols and what imagery he chose to use. I don't think it was arbitrary at all. But, you know, we don't have to agree. And I I can understand how one would agree with him using that imagery to, you know, to make a point, that point anyway. Easily understandable. Look look at us black people coming together and having conversations (laughs) about shit, man. This is what Kyle Kings is all about, man. This is what we're about, man. You know, bridging the gap. You know, extending a, a hand of peace and, you know, just coming together and just talking. It's politics, you know. Speaking of politics, sure. hey, that was a hard-ass segue. That was a hard-ass segue. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> speaking of politics, uh, Marcus, you have some political background. And um, there was a big bill just passed, the infrastructure bill. Uh, I just want to get, because like I said, I'm, I'm starting to get into politics, Jay as well. Um, can you kind of break down this infrastructure bill and, you know, just give a, a little bit of your views and opinions on it? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, a little context. I work for a member of Congress, like, in, you know, the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. Um, but this infrastructure bill uh, started in the Senate. So uh, let me give some history about infrastructure in this country. This will be really brief, too. Um, we haven't made a real investment in it since the 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. That's the history. <laughs> so, you know, you can go anywhere in this country and see roads crumbling, bridges crumbling, uh, airports broken down, seaports not even usable. Bridges fucked up. And so, yeah, exactly. You know, we just had a bridge collapse. What was that, like a year and a half, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, real infrastructure problems, and there's not been an investment in 50 or 60 years. Now, we can argue about why. You know, everything in D.C. is political, so that's the answer. But this mm-hmm. bill was kind of championed by 11 Republican senators and 11 Democratic senators um, over the past few months. And it almost didn't happen a number of times. But, you know, just right. going back and forth with negotiations between them and the White House. And lo and behold, 
you have about a $1.1 trillion infrastructure bill passed the Senate, which is right. newsworthy in itself. Any kind of bipartisan bill is newsworthy, but a, a, a trillion dollars investment into infrastructure is historic, uh, <laughs> considering how long we, it's been since we've done this. Um, but what's in the bill, I, mean, I guess, in just next step for what's happening is the Senate has passed the infrastructure bill. Now they've teed up an even larger kind of social safety net bill that they just passed. Um, and they're going to, you know, put some, put some meat on the bones and send that over to the House as well. And then the House mm-hmm. will pass both of them. And so we're looking at, at about $4 trillion of investment into Talk our economy, which hasn't been. Yeah, which hasn't been done in probably two generations. So this is a this is a bigger deal than the Affordable Care Act or about you know also known as Obamacare, which was a mm-hmm. big deal, giving health yeah. insurance to you know about a hundred or something million people was huge. Um, but this yeah. infrastructure bill is going to touch probably every county in this country in terms of you know down to street sign. So it's it's a big deal, and it, it includes basics like roads and bridges, airports, seaports, but then it also includes stuff like uh, broadband infrastructure. So, mm-hmm. you know, in rural communities where it's really hard to get internet, we're going to make, you know, this month there's a investment there to give them, you know, internet towers. There's some electric vehicle, you know, yeah. money in there and, and money for to put up kind of charging stations for electric vehicles because climate change is a thing and we have to make that transition from driving everywhere on gas. So, I mean, just a, a ton of investment around physical infrastructure and driving and mass transit. I should mention there's, you know, there's money for high-speed rail and things mm-hmm. like, you know, New York, you know, Metro North and all that kind of thing. So just a ton of money for anything you can think of infrastructure-wise. Also, um, a lot of jobs, and, I, I assume, will come with that too, right? Well, exactly. And so that's the thing. And so that's kind of where you get the bipartisanship from is because when you talk about people fixing roads, fixing bridges mm-hmm. and airports, that puts people to work for sure. So it, it, so the money will be kind of compounded and it'll have a you know exponential effect on the economy because not only are they investing money in fixing the airports, but they're going to have to put people to work who then have paychecks, who can then go spend at the movies and spend at a restaurant and at the grocery store. So you know, it'll have a ripple effect and it will definitely improve the economy. Um, but the other bill that I mentioned, the, the reconciliation bill, and I'm trying not to get like too lingo-ish because this, this is really confusing, but um, mm-hmm. that the other bill that the Senate is working on now includes stuff like a universal pre-K. So, you know, Head Start for three and four-year-olds, universal. Mm-hmm. So basically when you have a three or four-year-old, you'll get a check from the government that is enough to send them to preschool or the government will open preschools that have no cost. So I don't really know mm-hmm. how it works, but they're talking about it. Um, it includes stuff like two years of community college at no cost, no tuition rather. Oh, so, you know, big. you still have to pay for books and things, but no tuition yeah. for two years of community college, paid medical and family leave at the federal level. So when you have a mm-hmm. baby, both parents can get, you know, 12 weeks off work, get paid for it. Boom. Go back when you're ready. There's money for, uh, or actually, they expand Medicare. So right now you have mm-hmm. to be 65 to get on Medicare. I think they're dropping it to 55 or 60, which, you know, gets a lot of seniors on Medicare. But then they're also expanding Medicare. I don't know if you know this, but when you're on Medicare, it doesn't cover eyeglasses, it doesn't cover hearing aids, and it doesn't cover dentures. 
And Damn, if you know anything about old need. people, when they, when they yeah, that's say you know anything about old people, they for the most part need one out of three, or if not all of yeah. them. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so just a huge expansion in Medicare. And so, to me, when you ask my opinion, the infrastructure bill is a is is a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to put a lot of people to work. It's going to pump a lot of money into the economy. The reconciliation bill, the larger budget bill, I think is life changing. Um, when you consider how it will affect families, working parents, the elderly, um, there's stuff in there for college climate change. So I, yeah, college students. So yeah, I think that bill is the one that is more transformational for people. Um, so yes, we want to see our country get up to snuff and be in the 21st century infrastructure wise, but that social safety net is really what's critical, especially when you look at the past year and the pandemic and how many people have lost jobs, have lost mm-hmm. medical insurance, you know, have lost their savings, um, lost businesses. We really need to shore up the government services that keep people afloat. And this bill, I think is that we haven't seen anything like this since Medicare was implemented um, back in the 50s and 60s. So once again, another huge, you know, once in a generation kind of thing. And the idea that it's happening under Biden's watch, I would have never seen it come in. I, you know, I, didn't, I, I supported Bernie Sanders at the primary because this is exactly the kind of stuff that Bernie ran on. Yeah. Um, and so to see Biden kind of taking it up and, and championing it with Bernie, I would have never called that. But it's a great thing for, for families and, you know, the elderly yeah. and people going off to college is, is going to be a huge change. What? That's what's up. I got I got one question, and if you can't answer this, just let me know. Uh, have you? Is there anything going on? And I'm a big advocate for this. Uh, I don't know if y'all know. Uh, is there anything going on to where we can get to four day work weeks uh, instead of um, a five day work week? and get paid the same, like over how they did it. I think it was Sweden. They did a test, and they, they said they're going to go ahead and stick with it. Is there anything moving through the Senate or any, anybody talking about that? I, I don't know if I'm thinking of the same kind of like test run that you're thinking about over in Europe mm-hmm. or if I've, if I've seen rumblings of it here. But mm-hmm. I do know that there's a, kind of a global push um, mm-hmm. to shorten the work week. Uh, and when I say global push, I think – People are researching it across the globe, the effects yeah. of the five-day work week, the long hours on the labor force. And I think the consensus mm-hmm. is becoming that we can shorten the work week. And the pandemic did nothing but kind of support that hypothesis when you have people working from home at mm-hmm. whatever hours they could and being more productive than ever. So I, I, there are some rumblings about it. Has anybody, like, championed the bill in Congress? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but I, I think that that idea is just starting to bubble to the surface. Um, after, you know, as people go back to work after the pandemic, they're like, you know, hey, do I really need to be here five days a week? Um, you know, people are discussing flex time where, like, you know, maybe you do work all five days, but, you know, two of them are from home, or, you know, or something like that. Or you, you, you work in the evening instead of when the office opens because you have right. kids at home during the day, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, even in my own experience, my own office, you know, I was able to push my work week, my work day back an hour when I have my kids because they wake up right around when it's time to start the office, you know, so, or, you know, Bull, flex, so flex, that didn't really work out. A yeah. Yeah. So people are, I think 
generally there are conversations about how malleable and flexible the workforce can be. Um, it's particularly in office settings. Uh, I don't know how you, you know, are, I guess factories are talking about it too, cutting a day from the work week. But, you know, definitely particularly office settings because the work tends to be a lighter list. Right. But to your point, I do agree with you. I think it would be, I think it would be a huge benefit for people to have an extra weekend day for sure. That is definitely yeah, it could be. You could be. You're going to spend a lot more money. <laughs> you get that day off. Hey, man, I, I work 14. Yeah, because I'm already working four tens, man. And that extra mm-hmm. day, you just be, I'm about to go do this then since I'm off. You know what I'm saying? And outside yeah. is expensive. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. But I was definitely... Uh, educational uh definitely learned some new things that was a a, a great breakdown uh whenever we got some big political things going on we're definitely gonna call on you again to come through yeah. and highlight us and you know sit down and chop it up some more now, you know that's Jay, my will i'm always here nah that's all i had he gave me some clarification on some things yes sir yes sir and that like i said that's what i think it's like the third time i said now but that's definitely what we would like the mission statement for this episode to be like promoting understanding, you know what I'm saying? Extending the bridge and and, and pulling out a chair to have people of all different types of walks of life to come sit down and just have a conversation. Just, just get educated. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, really the kind of stuff that happens in Congress, nobody, well, I guess nothing happens for so long that people don't even pay attention. So yeah. by the time people are paying attention, they've missed all the details. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm I'm happy to come on and like you know kind of get a big picture about what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really easy to explain um, when you step back, I guess, a little bit. But when you try to turn yeah. on the news and you see them dropping names and who did this and who said well, you just like I, I don't really care about all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like just what does it yeah. what does it do? What does it do for me? <laughs> right, right. That that's definitely my my biggest thing. Whenever I'm watching, because like I said, I don't, I'm not into politics. I'm, I'm trying to get more into it, but it's uh, some of it is kind of hard to understand. I feel like they kind of do that on purpose when they you know on the news. So I just be trying to look for anything that relates to me. Like, okay, how does this make my life easier? No, definitely. Really, that should be the message politicians have, but they're so stuck on you know campaign donations mm. and everything else. They don't even they don't even message when they do something decent for people they don't even know how to communicate it because they're just in such a bubble (laughs) so it's it's really ridiculous but uh, like i said these two bills together uh are we're going to put the country in a really good place i think okay all right uh i got a last question um when is the album dropping (laughs) yeah i don't know i (laughs) i was just thinking to myself today that i haven't seriously saying anywhere and like Right. Since before the pandemic, so I probably mm-hmm. really sound like trash, but we'll see. <laughs> right, right. What what genre? What genre do you sing? Like R and B, gospel, or both? I say, well, I sing it all. Most black people grew up in okay. the church, so of course I sing gospel music. When you grow up singing, you grow up singing in the church for the most part. So definitely that. Um, and I trained in classical music, so I do sing opera and classical music. Um, but what what I really love. Uh, is like pop music, you know. I'm a Beyonce fanatic for sure, and I listen to all the new stuff on the radio. Like I really get into pop music. I think it's it's just you don't got to worry too much about it. <laughs> so, right. 
mm-hmm. just fun to listen to. Okay. Well, there it is. Marcus, you got anything you want to promote or, you know what I'm saying, let us know about any uh, anything coming up that we should go out and vote on? Well, yeah. So uh, I'm doing some work for a candidate here in Dayton, a local candidate for city commission. And so mm-hmm. if anyone is interested in learning more information or volunteering, you can definitely hit me up. But um, her name is Shanice Turner Sloss, running for Dayton City Commission. Um, on a really progressive platform. She's trying to get out there, get the message out about cleaning up, specifically the West Side. Um, now, right. you know, we, we are all Trotwood boys, but I'm in Dayton now. So yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to do some work for the, the larger community. And so, yeah, it's, um, look, Shanice Turner Sloss up in, right here in Dayton, running for city commission. She uh, got the most votes in the primary this past summer, and then the general election will be in November. And it's it's, it's going to be a tough challenge because um, she's running against two candidates that are actually endorsed by the Democratic Party. She's not. Oh, she's a, a little to the left of the Democratic Party. And so mm-hmm. when you start getting your mail and you start seeing the commercials, it's going to be those other two candidates that are getting all the play. But right. I, I'm here today to tell you that she's the real deal. Shanice. Okay. Well, we, you heard it here first. You know what I'm saying? She got the, the stamp of approval. I'm definitely going to check her out and, you know, do my homework and see what's up with it. But Marcus, yeah, man, I mean, maybe we can get her on an episode eventually. <laughs> hey, no, that, that's that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Down. I'm down we would. Yeah, absolutely. Nah, okay. Well, then, Marcus, man, we'll I want to absolutely thank you for coming on and uh, you know chopping it up with us, man. We truly, truly appreciate you. you know, I know you're a busy, man. You got a lot of things going on. Uh, I just appreciate you for uh, you know stopping through and and chopping it up with us. Yeah, we definitely uh, appreciate, appreciate your insight on this. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, most people don't want to talk politics and gay stuff, so uh, <laughs> this is new to me. But uh, you know, I live it every day, so it's easy well, for me to talk is. about. But I, I appreciate y'all opening the platform because, like, uh, like you said, this does not happen often. And I think this is a very unique conversation that I, I think might might get more play than we think. All right, damn, mm-hmm. that's what's up. Hell yeah, that's what we, that's what we like to hear. Now, uh, before we close out the show, you know, we, we always like to uh, say, uh, KG, every episode is dedicated to you. We love you, my brother. Miss you. Can't wait to see you again, you know, on the other side. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Man, thank you to you, all bro. the supporters, all the love that everybody give out. I'm sorry, Jay, what was your name? No, I just said miss you, bro. You got it. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Every day. Thank you for all the love and support, man. Everybody who tune in, give us feedback, you know, talk their shit. And, you know, uh, we're going to uh, have more guests on. We're going to uh, politic a little more. Of course, uh, this is now going to be a, a, a platform where, you know, Marcus, feel free to reach out whenever something going on and come on and chop it up. Even if nothing going on, you just want to pop on. You know what I'm saying? We'll see what's up. Jay, you got anything signing off? Uh, same old, same old. Keep God first. Keep your credit score up. Mm-hmm. Be safe out here. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, and invest. I'm working on it, Jay. I'm working on it. <laughs> hey, whatever you gotta do, man. Just keep chipping away, man. Yep. Yeah. Little by little. All right, now that's been yet another episode of the Combo Kings podcast. We out. All right, man. Peace.